The way a child is nurtured is very important as it shapes the child's personality and learning traits. Therefore, if a child is raised in a fashion that is a threat to them, or if parents do not have enough money to support their children, there has to be just something done to help. This is why child welfare exists. Child welfare is services to ensure children are safe with their families and in their houses, and that parents have the necessary support to care for their children. Though child welfare is beneficial, it must be improved. There needs to be improvements made so that it does not negatively affect parenting. There needs to be systematic changes in their system so it does not take part in bias or oppression due to factors such as racism. Lastly, it needs to provide more forms of support and help children with psychological disorders formed from unjust treatments and child things such as child abuse. Child abuse has been a problem since the beginning of mankind. However, it wasn't until the late 1800s that it was recognized. In the year of 1893, the first Child Protection Act was passed in Ontario. This act was for the prevention of cruelty to and better protection of children, indicating that abuse of children was officially an offense for the first time. Family and Children's Services in Niagara opened up in 1898 and ensured children were safe with their families and in their homes and that parents had the necessary support to care for their children. Children can be taken away by facts if this criteria is not met for reasons such as child abuse or poverty. Foster care emerged by the later half of the 19th century in response to beliefs that substitute family was a more appropriate place than an institution for a child to build a character and receive positive influence. The assumption at the time was that children in institutions learned that were perceived to be evil or ideal non-ideal habits from one another and generally did not have the chance to morally improve. So organizations thought it would be better to put children into farm labor and domestic service in return what they hoped for would be a better life. A child being taken from their home can cause traumatic experience for their parents. The communities and the child, especially if the parents are genuinely good caring people that just don't have enough to support their child. That is one way child welfare may negatively affect some oppressed social groups. It doesn't just affect people in poverty, but it also may affect people for their race. For decades, indigenous, black, and other racialized families and communities have raised the alarm that their children are overrepresented in the child welfare system. The issues that give rise to the overrepresentation of indigenous and black children in the child welfare system are complex and multifaced. For example, low income, which is one of the intergenerational effects of colonialism, slavery, and racism in society is a major driver of child welfare involvement for Indigenous and Black children. Many Indigenous, Black, and other racialized families, communities, advocates, and others are also concerned that systematic racism, discrimination, and the child welfare system plays a significant role. This wouldn't be too shocking to arise in the past since slavery occurred since the 1600s and targeted people of color and didn't come to an end until August 28, 1833, when the act of abolition of slavery throughout the British colonies received royal assent and became law throughout the British Empire. However, it is clear that since then, there has still been many systems put in place that are dog whistles for racial discrimination or oppression. 
The term dog whistles would mean something that only affects some social groups in a disguised form. In the present, we do not use foster children for labor and we try not to take children away from their families as much. Now 96% of the children served by facts remain safely in the care of their parents and their rate of admission to foster care is less than 4%. Therefore, there may not be as much trauma from parents getting their children taken away from them. However, there is still help needed for families like those in poverty, broken families, and one with un unwed mothers. The increasing number of working mothers worldwide has given rise to daycare services ranging from simple custodial supervision to educational and healthcare programs. In some countries, industries are required to provide such facilities for their employees in recognition of changing the economic pressures on family life. There is now family welfare. However, even a paramount concern in a family welfare program is the welfare of children. Therefore, it is evident that there has been talk and some action on how to support the parents in these cases, which is good. However, much more action needs to be taken. Daycares aren't always full, and there are times when families such as single mothers with children can't find the support they need. However, there is now a form of support for mental health. Mental health in the 20th century is discussed more than ever before, as it is such a present problem. According to Children's Mental Health Ontario, Child and Youth Emergency Department and hospital visits for mental disorders have risen by 54% and 60% over the last decade, while 63% of youth point to stigma as the most likely reason to not seek help. At the same time, children and youth within the child welfare system may face unique mental challenges related to abuse and drama, attachment disorders, and post-traumatic stress based on their lived experiences. FACS is starting to prioritize mental health of families and children by offering counseling and getting funds and donations from communities and even from companies like Bell Let's Talk. There are also many differences in mental health problems for youth who are certain who, have a, who are of certain race because they experience unique challenges related to equity. This is why it is good to eliminate child abuse, but also eliminate systemic racism, especially in child welfare programs. The number of Indigenous children in care is staggering, and the Truth and Reconciliation Commission of Canada has called the situation a growing crisis. In 2016, the Ontario Human Rights Commission, OHRC, launched a public interest inquiry to examine the involvement of Indigenous and racialized children and youth in the child welfare system. Indigenous children were overrepresented in admissions into care at 93% of agencies looked at. Overall, the proportion of Indigenous children admitted into care was 2.6 times higher than their proportion in the child population. More than 40% of children aged societies did not know the racial backgrounds or indigenous identities of more than one in five children served by the agency in considering referrals. Cases opened up for investigation and admissions of children into care. Four agencies did not know the racial backgrounds of indigenous identities of half the children placed into care. However, many st statistics collected do not prove systematic racism like the one i just proved or spoke of so it's hard to prove that the systemic racism exists 
So at OHRC heard from many Indigenous and Black participants about troubling experiences and perceptions of systemic racism and racial discrimination in the child welfare system. For example, a midwife working in the hospital said, I work as a midwife, primarily with Aboriginal women, and have lost track of how many racist assumptions they receive. I've observed based on just race. For example, calling social workers or child protection agencies because parents are young and native, massive profiling in the selection of who's of who has that involve, involvement. Then, once that involvement starts, Aboriginal women are much more likely to have their babies removed for much more dubious reasons. The OHRC learned that the government is planning to introduce a directive requiring CAS to begin systematically collect human rights-based data. As part of its mandate to address systemic discrimination, Ontario's anti-racism directorate is also developing standards and guidelines on collecting race-based data. In conclusion, being admitted into foster care comes with far-reaching consequences that can have a negative impact on children's future ability to thrive. The support programs for parenting and number of daycares and even parenting courses should be increased but also easily accessible to all families. The mental health support for all children needs to keep increasing to match the needs in today's society, whether by advertising donations and funds or giving more accessible support for counseling or therapy. To prevent discrimination, CASs should be required by law to collect human rights-based data, including race-based data, and there should be more done to prevent discriminatory callings that result in people getting their children taken away. The call should be better supervised and should require proof of abuse or neglect that will help need checking by professionals, or that will need checking by professionals. Child welfare is great. But with these changes, it will be amazing. The initiatives taken by companies that I have mentioned are an important step forward, but to be effective, they must be put into action and be continuously adapting. Thank you for listening to my podcast.